Good evening, friends, and welcome to Heart of Indie Radio. Tonight, we are in for a treat. We have the one and only Emily Barker, all the way from the UK. She's an award-winning singer-songwriter. She has so many accolades that, honestly, I can't believe she's taking time to talk to me tonight in our studio. UK Artist of the Year, an amazing and, and prolific songwriter, and just a heart of gold. Welcome, Emily. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. I know it's an interesting time around the world, but you are still creating amazing music and doing such wonderful things on, on Instagram. I love the tutorials. You're sharing how to play your music, and this is so cool. I love this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I did yeah. a series of videos many years ago, but I hadn't sort of had the opportunity to stop for long enough to do any more. And then I was really inspired by Laura Marling, who did tutorials for all her songs from her latest record. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. I must do that again. And in lockdown, that's one of the things that I kept myself occupied with. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I think you're you're getting such a you know such a huge response as well. I, there must be so many people that have been wanting to know how to play your music. So to have it actually come from you is is quite cool. I've really <laughs> enjoyed that. Um, now it's it's awesome to have you on tonight. I'm sure our listeners would be intrigued to know more about you, especially if if they're new to the show. I'd love for them to hear a little bit about your history, but also about the song that you wrote and performed that became the theme for the BBC's hugely successful drama starring Kenneth uh, Branagh. And I'd love to know how that came about and, yeah, just kind of the story behind that because it's such a, such a great song. Oh, thank you very much. Well, <laughs> I was working in a record store, which was a coffee shop as well, and one of the people who I used to make coffee for worked in television and he invited me to play at a garden party that he was throwing. So I went along and I played my songs and one of them was Nostalgia. And then a couple of days after the party, I got a call from one of the other guests and he was also in the world of television and he was, um, he's a composer and he was working on the score for Wallander and he really loved my song Nostalgia that I played at the garden party and he asked me if I'd come and uh, record a, a sort of an alternative version because the original version uh, has got references to Melbourne in Australia and obviously Wallander is set in Sweden so um, we had a little play around with um, tempo and just he produced it in a different way and I swapped out some of the Melbourne references to sort of more general um, uh, place descriptions and and the directors loved it and so it ended up becoming the theme tune to the whole of the series and there were four series and yeah I really loved the show too and and every time I watched it, I sort of would forget that I would be hearing myself sing. <laughs> so it took me by surprise every time. <laughs> Pretty I knew it was happening, but it was still on to hear. Um, I love that. You're like, I know this girl. Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was such an honor. And um, and yeah, led to many other opportunities, writing music for film and television and I'd gone from 
sort of booking all my own tours and um, and just really hoping that some people somehow read their local paper or whatever and came along to the gig. And then suddenly we were on this tour, me and the Red Clay Halo, the band I was with at the time, and uh, loads of loads of them started selling out. I'm like, what's going on? And I hadn't even clocked that Wallander had come out. So, um, so it was great for sort of getting my music in front of a whole load of listeners that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach. And did you do you think that that you felt overwhelmed at the time, or was it sort of just because there was so much momentum, kind of the adrenaline kicked in, and you just sort of, you it know, it felt really great. It just really yeah. felt good. And um, what I really loved actually was that then I was able to approach some booking agents, and and they were really interested in working with me. So I had spent such, you know, at long amounts of time booking gigs and researching where to play and trying to make a tour make sense and so suddenly to be able to hand that over to someone who knew what they were doing was so great for me to not have to deal with that um so that was really cool that's awesome well it's it's neat too that it took you on this journey that you weren't obviously anticipating but that it opened up the door like you said to uh, obviously uh, more amazing opportunities on tv and film and meeting other people and then like you said opening yourself up to an audience that maybe didn't know your music at the time so it must feel good to know that that journey kind of happened so organically you know you're working at a coffee shop and a record store and I mean it's just such a neat it feels like it's a like a like a movie like I love the the story it's just so I I picture it the whole thing I'm a movie buff so I'm like (laughs) no I picture the scene or you're you're in there and you're 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 getting the opportunity it's just yeah that's so cool yeah it was great that's awesome and so with I mean obviously we know that part of the story but there's there's this big story you know underneath of how you Mm. started in music and you know who were your influences and maybe you know could you share with us if there was encouragement that came from your friends and your family as you explored all of yeah. these opportunities? Absolutely. So I grew up in the southwest of Australia, so south of Perth, um, in a little country town called Bridgetown. And I lived on a small farm, uh, my parents and three younger siblings. And we didn't have television. So my our entertainment was sort of outdoors playing sports or I used to ride horses in the bush and um, and we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have a television. So in the evenings we'd always listen to records and my dad had this great record collection that had loads of wonderful singer-songwriters like Carol King and Joni Mitchell and Roberta Flack and Aretha Franklin and who else? The band and Bob Dylan and Neil Young and and I was really influenced by um, that sound, I guess, of the of the seventies and and earlier. And my mum also played a bit of guitar, so she would sit um, sit down with us four kids and she would teach us these kids songs. They were both primary school teachers, so. And one of her things that she did in primary school was uh, to sit with all her kids in her class and and work through this children's songbook. So so we did quite a lot of that as well. And she taught us how to sing, I guess. And then when I was in 
high school in grade, I think in grade eight. Um, so I was turning 13 that year. Uh, some of my friends who I was playing basketball with, they dared me to go and audition f- as singer for the year nine band and I was only in year eight. So it was quite a dare and I was terrified. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I went went along and I sang Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry and they loved it and I got into the year nine band and then um, started singing sort of at assemblies and uh graduation ceremonies and things like that and yeah just loved it and got more more and more confident with it and there's a fantastic blues festival in my hometown Bridgetown and that really influenced um, my love of performance and music and um, it was the most exciting weekend for this sleepy country town a population of about 2,000 to every second weekend in November to have about 20,000 people come to town and every cafe and pub and park turned into uh, music venues. Um, yeah, so saw some amazing artists and and learnt more about blues and soul and, and yeah, that's what sort of took me um, on this music journey, I guess. That's amazing. That also is like from a film. You're, I love your life. Cool. <laughs> but I, I love that. Uh, I love that you. You know, you grew up where you were with your siblings and parents, and obviously, you know, um, there wasn't TV, and so there was just this opportunity for so much exposure to great music. And you can definitely hear so many different colors in not only your vocal range but also in your songwriting. And I love that. I love to know that there was those influences there because I think it's it's just so fascinating, especially mm-hmm. up and coming indie artists that are tuning in to, to tonight, that really you know are looking up to you as I do, just to know you know that you you started out as as a child, you know learning to sing, and then your friends dared you to try out for a band, and it's <laughs> just it's and here you are. Your your music and songwriting is, as I said uh, earlier prolific and in fact you received UK Artist of the Year at the recent UK Americana Awards and that's an incredible honor you were uh, up against a steep competition the fact that you know you won is is just evidence of how talented and and respected you are in in the music community where do you find your inspiration for writing and performing is there like a certain process or does it kind of evolve with the song yeah, it it evolves, I suppose, and I, I feel like writing and performance are they're a part of a cycle. And I'm generally when I'm on the road, it's um, I'm not so much in a frame of mind of writing. So, for instance, with the new album that's coming out, I spent a lot of 2018 and 19 writing. I was still doing some gigs, but definitely less than. Um, when Sweet Kind of Blue, my previous album, just came out, then I was really doing loads and loads of shows. But um, So I sort of collected these songs over a couple of years of managing to be in one place a little bit longer and, and have some solitude, which I really need for songwriting, unless I'm doing a co-write, which I do do sometimes. But so, yeah, there's, it tends to be a bit cyclical like that. And then after I've released the album, normally when there's not a pandemic going on, I would get out and be on the road and then not be thinking of writing new songs. And actually, since we recorded the album in November last year, I haven't written any songs. And I'm totally fine about that because 
I just know that that's the way it goes for me. Like I, I wrote about 35 songs in the lead up to making that album. And I just haven't, until this new one's out, I, I sort of can't move on in some ways, but I write poetry as well. So I've been really throwing myself into writing poetry, which I've really enjoyed. And, and I also collect little bits of music. So I might be sitting down with a guitar and, and just record some riff or, you know, noodling about with chords that I like and a melody. And I'll just save it for, um, for later on when, once this next album's out, then I imagine I'll probably after a little while start to look to start writing some more and building a collection of songs up again. That's awesome. I love, I love that there's that poetry element and I can, um, yeah, that's, I can't wait to read those. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, none of them have been released yet. But um, <laughs> I've got a couple. Oh, sorry. There's a loud motorbike going past. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, some, some are being published soon, actually, just in some journals. So, um, so it's exciting. I'll share them. Yeah, thank you. That's that's so cool, and it's wonderful to see how passionate you are, obviously, about music. But also, what I've what I've found to be so lovely about you as an artist is that you're you're so authentic and open with your listeners, and you can really see that in your social media. And I just find you incredibly humble despite your success. And I'd love to, I'd love for our listeners to understand your heart and how you manage to stay grounded and approachable in the midst of you know, obviously, there's there's been lots of things going on even lately but yet you 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 still remain focused and grounded and I think that's inspiring and I'd love for oh, folks you. to kind of go oh well how do you how do you do it how does M do that <laughs> well I think I mean definitely I had great I have great parents and and they always taught us that we're you know never above anybody else ever and that um it, we're all, you know, equal and, and I don't know, they're, they're just very straightforward and straight up in that way and, and good, honest people. And I suppose they, they taught me to be like that as well. And I'm really just, I think I'm so grateful, honestly, for if anybody, you know, listens to my music, I, I feel like it's such a, such an honor to be able to share these things that you write when you're just on your own in in a room somewhere and to be able to share your ideas and and to have people enjoy what you do is is such an honor and I feel so grateful that anybody listens to it and and even better if they enjoy it so yeah that's that's awesome and I can I can completely understand what you're saying and now I I I, I get why you're so approachable <laughs> I think that you really, you really do value, you know, where you are and, and, and where you've come from. And I think that that's just uh, so beautiful. So thank you. And you've got, um, obviously you have your recent, recent release, A Dark Murmuration of Words, which is very fun to say three times in a row, which I tried earlier <laughs> today and failed miserably. So it's like, I will not be doing that on air tonight. Um, but it really, <laughs> but it really struck me that the entire album with its powerful lyrics, and I'd love for our listeners to just understand just, you know, a snippet of what inspired you to write this album. Yeah, well, the last couple of years, we've, we've just, we live in such intense times, don't we? Like there's so, mm. there's so much for us to try to process. And um, 
one thing that really came to the fore last year was climate crisis. And I grew up, uh, my parents were sort of very aware of that um, and we were brought up they're part of an environment society and we used to go tree planting and um and always aware of plastics and things like that so I grew up with sort of some of that knowledge anyway and but I feel like last year we all had this awakening of how bad the situation has got now and and it just it, there was something about this sort of global awareness um happening that really um it just was very powerful and really hard to process and and I felt like quite a lot of guilt and quite a lot of grief about loss of species you know the sorts of animals and that we and plants that we just assume would always be around and that we love, that we've grown up with and that are really treasured. Um, and yeah, this so sense of grief towards that, but then guilt as well and, and knowing that we're all contributing and how do we not? And we're a part of this sort of infrastructure that and way of we're all accustomed to living in these ways that we live now. So how do we how do we change? And so there's a lot of questions and emotions in response to that. And I felt like uh, by writing these songs, it helped me to process a lot of that. And yeah, so that that was a big part of it. But then also looking at where climate crisis intersects with race and and gender and and various groups in society who it affects the most and um so yeah it was a really it was a couple of years of really looking into a lot of that and trying to understand it all I suppose Mm. well you did a great job I think it's it's you know definitely you definitely take the listener on a journey and um and it's just I think it's nice to know a little bit about you know where where it came from and I, I really appreciate you telling us I'd love for our listeners to be able to download and stream your music as well as follow you on social media if you wouldn't mind just telling us where we can find you as well as your music that would be awesome yeah I guess you can go wherever you like from my website which is emilybarker.com and from there you can get to all the socials or get to my Bandcamp shop or or wherever you listen to your music that's there it's all on the streaming services as well um yeah but or you can buy direct physical copies on vinyl or cd from from my shop that's wonderful and on social media is it is it emily barker music or it's emily barker halo all of them halo yeah emily barker halo okay i like that that's good that's right because the band Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> In case people were like, "Wait, is is that her surname as well?" No. <laughs> oh well, it's one. It's been so wonderful to have you on the show tonight, and I really appreciate you taking time to speak with us. I know Aww. you've inspired lots of folks, and I want to stay in touch with you. You're such a lovely person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Likewise, I really appreciate you reaching out and asking to be on the show, and it was so um, nice um, to be introduced by a. By Chris from Tripwire, playing yes. playing our yes, tunes. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and um, and and listeners, tonight we'd love to hear your thoughts on our interview with Emily Barker. You can always DM us on Twitter at Heart of Indy or Instagram at Heart of Indy, or you can email us at Heart of Indy Radio 
at gmail.com. All right. Well, we are going to say good night to our wonderful Emily, and we're going to get back to the music. Thanks again, Em. Have a beautiful evening oh, over there. Thank you. So lovely to speak to you. <laughs> Take care, Bye. darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, we're going to get back to the music right here on Heart of Indie Radio. <laughs> 